On this episode of At Large with Alex Wong, I'm joined by Cleveland Cavaliers forward Larry Nance Jr. We talked about how he dealt with Crohn's disease growing up as an athlete and also playing with Kobe and LeBron. Here's the interview. You know, I want to start talking about, you know, when you were 16, I know you were diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Tell the listeners a little bit about how, what that part of your life was like and and how did that change your day-to-day life and how did that impact your athletic career? So... Um, at about 14, I started, I was always one of the bigger kids in my class. You know, my parents are tall, so, um, I was always, you know, tallest kid out there, most athletic and and all that stuff. And about 14, late 13, early 14 years old, I, I stopped growing and started, you know, didn't gain in weight. Um, and then started, you know, not really having any energy to play sports and, and didn't show any interest in them. And, uh, that kind of continued through, you know, late 15, early 16. And then, you know, stomach pain, I started having some stomach, stomach pain and discomfort and uh, having to spend a lot of time in the bathroom and stuff like that. And so, you know, my parents took me to the hospital and, and countless hours of pokes and prods and testing and all that good stuff uh, came to, came to be that I had, uh, that I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which, you know, for anybody that doesn't know, is an autoimmune, autoimmune disease you know, which means my body's attacking itself. And, and it's, it's just something that I, you know, it's a it's chronic that I've, so I've got to live, live with it for the rest of my life and, and learn how to manage and deal with it. And, you know, so at 16 years old, that's not necessarily what I wanted to hear, but, you know, being somebody that did that still loved sports, well, you know, despite not having the energy to play it, I, you know, went on Google and looked up, you know, see if there's anybody that made it to the professional level with Crohn's disease. And, and, and I found that David Garrard, a quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, the only, case I could find of somebody that had, had, had done it before. And so, you know, that kind of gave me a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, that like, all right, you know, if this medicine starts making me feel good, you know, I can, I, I don't have to be the trailblazer, you know, somebody's done it before. And so, you know, I, I started feeling better, you know, gaining weight, getting taller and, and, uh, and, and just feeling better as a whole. And, and, and once that happened, my love for the game and my just love for life really, really opened up and, and I got to you know, be a normal kid. And, you know, so for me, knowing what that's like, it's it's important for me to use the platform that I have currently to, to try to inspire others and, and be that David Garrard for a new generation. So when you found out about it, was it a relief in any way of just knowing that, okay, like this is the reason why, like I don't have as much energy as the other kids? Like, was it a relief to know that now you know exactly why you were feeling the way you were feeling? Um, I don't know if it was a relief. You know, I at 16, it was more so like, oh gosh, you know, I, I, I have this, you know, I have a disease, you know, I, I mean, all I want to do is just be normal. I just want to be a normal kid. And so I don't, it wasn't a relief. It was more so, you know, almost, almost confusion. Like, you know, what is this? Why, you know, why do I have it? And, you know, just trying to figure out as much as I could about how it's going to affect me and limit, limit me in my life. And, and, uh, but the older I got, you know, now at this point, yes, I'm, I'm so glad I got diagnosed I got diagnosed that early because it's, it's, you know, any later and I'm, I may have, you know, I'm, I very well could not be, you know, in the NBA right now. I've also read that, you know, the disease obviously impacts your diet, certain foods that you have to stay away from. What, what was, what's that adjustment been like, I'm guessing since you found out about it and and now that you're in the NBA? Um, It's been, it's been fairly, uh, fairly easy. You know, for me, I, I, I can't have uh, any nuts or seeds or, you know, popcorn, spicy foods, uh, sometimes raw vegetables will, will upset my stomach. And so, you know, it's just something that you, you live and you learn, you know, you eat something and, and your stomach disagrees with it. So, um, you know, you, 
you know, you say it'll it'll hurt for the next couple of days, but then you learn to like, all right, that's I should probably stay away from whatever that was. And so, um, you know, Crohn's is extremely individualized. So it's it's what what may upset my stomach, what may hurt me, may not hurt the next person that has it. So it's it's kind of just uh, trial and error. You mentioned David Garrard. I saw on your Instagram that you got a chance to meet him recently, right? Yes, I did. My um. My my first my rookie year in the league actually I, we were in Charlotte and I got to uh, got to meet him and spend some time with him and his family. What was that like? What, what were the memorable parts of that? Just just being able to just talk to someone who who you know I assume you looked up to at the time as an inspiration. Um, it, I mean it was unbelievable. You know at that at that time I was playing. You know I was on the same team as Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I I've been to the finals with LeBron. You know, I've done a lot of you know I've, I've gotten drafted to the NBA, but. You know, to this, you know, still, you know, one of the coolest experiences of my life is is going to going to dinner with David Garrard just because of how high he's of how highly regarded he is in 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 my story. And tell the listeners a little bit about the Athletes versus Crohn's Foundation that you founded in 2017 and and what it's doing. So AVC Athletes versus Crohn's is is something that um, me and a another Crohn's patient that just kind of messaged me on Instagram and just talking about his story. And it was similar to mine. Um, I met him in Brooklyn and, and we decided to, you know, start this foundation and, and, um, you know, start trying to educate, you know, put some money behind and, 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 you know, and, and inspire some people, you know, because we, you know, I've got the platform and he's, and he's, um, you know, somebody that's, our, our stories are very similar. So, um, you know, we try to, we try to come, we we come up with scholarships and and you know let all let this new generation of kids that are being diagnosed with Crohn's and and you know going through the same things that we're going through you know give them an opportunity to you know meet somebody that's doing it and meet somebody that's uh, and get a chance to sit down and talk to us and 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 share stories and maybe get hopefully get some inspiration. Yeah, and to younger people, younger people who might want to go into sports who are dealing with the disease, you know, what advice or what are things that you would say to them? Uh, for me, the biggest thing is, is that, you know, with, with the type of medications there is now, uh, you only have to, you only have to get treated, you know, once every four to eight weeks. And so uh, what, what I always say now is that you only have Crohn's one day of every four to eight weeks. You know, other than that, you're a totally normal kid. You can do what else other people do. You're, you can be as active as you want. You can experience and do things that that, that a, anything you want to. So you know, there's there's no reason to ever let Crohn's hold you back. Um, you know, if anything, use it as a source of motivation because, um, yeah, I, I always like to say that you know whatever whatever you know, adversity somebody's gone through, I've I, I've seen it too, so I, I consider myself pretty tough, and I consider the people that are going through this disease very tough as well because, um, because it's 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 no joke. So you mentioned playing with Kobe, going to the finals with LeBron, but I actually wanted to talk to you about your pen pal when you were ten years old. I read this story a few years ago. Uh, Bianca Campbell, she was serving in the U.S. military in two thousand and three. And you were her pen pal, and she posted a few of those letters on Twitter a couple of years ago, and you guys reconnected. What was that like? Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty unbelievable. I mean that 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 story is one that that 
is just super cool in so many different ways. You know, the fact that um, in third grade, we, you know, my, my teacher wanted us to have pen pals in the military. And so we wrote, we wrote these soldiers and, and talking about things that, you know, could hopefully get their minds off of, off of the war and what was going on over there. So, um, you know, I started talking about basketball and how, how, you know, I, I really liked Kobe and Shaq and how the Lakers were, um, the Lakers were such a dominant team. And, and it's just unbelievable that you fast forward however many years it was later, 15 or so years later. And, and, you know, that same kid that was talking about the Lakers and how dominant and how cool they were is playing for the Lakers. And this woman kept her, uh, kept her, uh, her letters she got from me and, 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 uh, came across them and, and I, I and, um, you know, reached out, we got in contact. And so it was, I mean, to me, that's one of the cooler stories. That's one of the cooler things I've been a part of. Yeah, and you invited her to a game, right? Is that correct? Yes, yes. I invited her to the game, and then uh, the Lakers did an awesome job of, of you know, flying her out and, and, you know, taking care of her and her family and making sure uh, making sure they they uh, got got taken care of. She mentioned in a story that, she connected with you because in some of the letters you would complain about how your brothers and sisters were annoying. Yep. <laughs> what What was annoying about them that you complained about in, in the letters? Uh, they were both, they were both better than I was. <laughs> Cause at that point I, uh, I wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't the best, I wasn't the best athlete there was. And so my sister was always a stellar, you know, stellar basketball player and she could always beat me. And so it was just, you know, it was just talking about them being, you know, them being the typical brother and sister. So you got drafted by the Lakers and your rookie season is Kobe's final season. You know, before we even get to that, you obviously know about the Lakers, their history. What's the first thing that blows you away when you arrive in, in Los Angeles? Is it the championship trophies at the practice facility? Is it be, you know, be playing at Staples Center for the first time? What's like, what was like the first thing that struck you? Um, I, I think it was really, honestly, it was Kobe, you know, I mean, the, the championships were very cool, but I didn't, I wasn't alive for a lot of them. Um, the, the history of it was, was of the Lakers was really awesome being in LA. That was my first time and all that good stuff. But, you know, the fact that I got to be on the same team as this, as this legend and this hall of famer and, and, you know, a, a top five player ever is just, I mean, well, what do you say to a guy like that, you know? So the fact that I get to call my teammate was was pretty was pretty unbelievable. And you know, celebrity sightings are, you know, par for the course in Los Angeles. But I imagine you probably saw some celebrities that you weren't expecting that season, especially for the final game. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was pretty cool. You know, I mean, having having Jack sitting courtside of every of every Lakers game, you know, having Samuel Jackson was there, Will Ferrell, they all Lakers fans. And, and, um, you know, Rihanna was there, all the, I mean, all the names you could possibly imagine. And just, you know, it's something you don't even like during the game. I don't, you don't care at all because, you know, you're focused on trying to win the game. But then afterwards I get a car with my, at the, at the time fiance. And she was like, did you see so-and-so? I'm like, yeah, I guess I did. That's pretty cool. And, um, you know, it's something that you, that you realize after the fact. Did Jack talk to you or does Jack like not talk to the younger guys? Um, 
I, I wouldn't say he doesn't. I I I I never spoke to him, but I, I you know, I, I didn't. Uh, it wasn't. I, I wasn't looking to approach those guys. I just kind of like to admire from afar. What's your favorite memory about Kobe's final game? Everybody knows about the sixty points, the final quarter, the comeback. Just being there. What's like a memory that you take with you for that from that game? Um. So one of the coolest moments in in my career was. You know, the, he played the game and, and um, you know, Dick he scored all those points and everything. And on his last play on the court, so last play to seal the game, he got a steal and threw it. He threw it down the court to Jordan Clarkson, who did a 360, and that was and dunked it. And it was, and, you know, Julia was me, Jordan, Kobe, Julius, and D'Angelo on the court at the time. And those four were, those three were down at the other end of the court. And I was the first one back to get, um, the jazz called a timeout and I was the first one back there to like, to hug him, congratulate him. And just like, man, this is, you're the man. And like, it, it's just, um, it, that, that moment to me was just very cool. Yeah. That seems like so long ago, but it wasn't like you, D'Angelo and Julius are all on different teams now. Do you guys still keep yeah, in touch, kind of keep up with how each other is doing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, keep in touch with D'Angelo all, all the time. You know, obviously we, me and, and Julius do as well. It's, it's, uh, yeah, we, we all stay in touch and it's, I'm, I'm rooting for both of them, you know, hard, harder than as hard as you can, except they play, except when they play us. You were teammates with Lou Williams and Nick Young as well. There's gotta be at yeah. least one fun story about one or both of them. Um, I mean, one of the, one of my favorite, one of my favorites was, uh, and there was a video of it when uh, Lou Williams and and Roy Hibbert got to got to slap like slap boxing at practice, and you know just messing around, messing around, and Roy actually hit Lou, and uh, he, <laughs> Roy's a big he's Roy's just a big kid, so he act he accidentally like hit Lou, you know, smacked him on the head or whatever, and. Uh, we are all we. It, it it sounds it's it doesn't sound as funny, but it was so funny at the time. Like we all just kind of like stopped to see what Lou was gonna do, and he just burst out laughing because Roy was so so like Roy was so sorry. I mean the, the the group of guys we had was just awesome. It was me, Roy, Lou, Brandon Bass, Nick Young, D'Angelo, Julius. We had a a, a diverse group and so it, it just made uh that locker room was one of the funnest i've been a part of who's the funniest guy out of that group would you say uh, uh nick young is the more obvious kind of funny and then uh lou will is lou williams is is if you can it, it, he's got a very cerebral cerebral type of funny he's he's a really smart guy so if you can if you can keep up with his jokes they're he he's he's hilarious he just seems like the coolest teammate. That's what everybody says. Like he's just cool. He's there's no other way to put it. He is just he's smooth. He's cool. Lou Lou is Lou's the man. So, you know, last season obviously got traded mid season from the Lakers to the Cavs, and I want to get to that. But first, I want to talk to you about the dunk contest. You were in the dunk contest last year. You finished second to Donovan Mitchell. Your dad was the first ever slam dunk contest winner, and you obviously brought him along to be part of your dunk contest. Was that easy to convince him? Uh yeah. He he. That was something that he, um, he definitely was 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 fine with being a part of. 
Did he put he, uh, Did he put pressure on you in in any way? Just because he had already won? No, not at all. Not at all. That was that was that's that's never been that's never been something he's done. He's always let me find my own path and make my own way and 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 be my own person. So now that some time has passed from that dunk contest, you know, I feel like you were robbed because I feel like that double tap dunk was was very underrated. Do you want to state your case? <laughs> um. I thought I thought I did very. I was impressed with how I did in, in such little time, you know, because I, I was uh, so I got traded a week before the contest, and so I had all Laker themes dunk themed dunks, you know. I was gonna use a couple legends and 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 do that, and so I had to change three of my four dunks in a week's time, and so I I, I was pretty pleased with how I did, and I I personally I thought. Um, Personally, I thought I should have won it, but you know, I, I can't be mad about Donovan either. He's, you know, he, he's obviously a budding superstar and 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 one of the best guys, one of the best people in the league. So I, I um, if I had to lose to somebody, Donovan's a pretty good guy to, for it to be. Listen, you have to say the right things, but I'm telling you, you know, when he did the Vince Carter tribute, <laughs> he wasn't even wearing the same jersey that Vince wore in 2000, <laughs> and I had a problem with that. Man, I. These thoughts went through my head. They they went through my head. I'm not gonna lie. They I'm not gonna lie. Those thoughts went through my head. But hey, he's um he's uh you know like I said, if I had to lose to anybody, Don Don's a pretty good one. One more gripe about the dunk contest is I feel like they need to get better judges. I get the celebrity value of judges, but as as a guy who's competed in it, and you know you prepare for this and you put your mind and, and effort into these dunks. Don't you want a more, you know, respectable crew of judges? Uh, personally, if I got to choose, it would be, it would definitely be some, um, like former participants or, um, yes, I, I, I would like to see, I, I would like to see some, uh, some some uh, some some judges that 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 know that un, that really understand the difficulty of the dunk that's be, that's in front of them. Yeah, I just feel like it would give the contest a little bit more credibility too. Like I understand the entertainment aspect of it. Um, you know, no, I completely. Agree. Yeah, not just the not just during the dunk contest. I mean, you've had some of the best in-game dunks. I mean, the one that everyone talks about is the one over Brooke Lopez, who you later became teammates with. Did you guys ever chat or just laugh about that and move on? So we did. Um, we we did laugh about that because Roy because uh, Brooke is Brooke's a really good guy too. And so you know, one of the first times I met him, actually, he uh, I I shouldn't say met him, but as as met him as as my teammate, he you know he walked to the gym and I was like, oh, how's it going, Brooke? I'm Larry. You know, he's like, you don't need to introduce yourself. We already met in the air last year, and. <laughs> And you know the fact that he kind of had that he kind of had that laughing, joking mentality about it. You know, it just kind of sums up sums up Brooke. You know, he's he's always always uh, always having fun and and yeah. So we you know throughout the year, I you know we kind of poke fun at him a little bit about it, but you know at the end of the day, it's 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 all basketball. I think that's got to be the dunk that you had over him. That's got to be a top ten all time in game dunk. What do you think? Now, I, obviously, I'm biased. But I, 
I mean, that that's really that's really hard to beat. I mean, I would love I would love to see I would love to see nine better dunks than that. Oh, so you're saying that's the best uh, in-game dunk of all time? No, 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 no. I'm just saying I would love to, I would love to see. I shouldn't put it that way. I, I I'm I would love to see. Um, I, I would love to see what dunks are better than that because I think that's I think that is in the top ten. I I, I would have to imagine it's it's hard to. There's obviously Vince has done some incredible stuff. You know, there's been guys that can fly, and so I I think. Uh, I would have to agree with you. That one's definitely top ten. I think the sign of a but of course, yeah, go ahead. Of course, I'm biased. <laughs> the sign of a of a all time dunk is when the opposing team's bench is reacting to it as well, because they also yeah, appreciate I mean, it one, in the moment. I, I was pretty I was pretty pleased with that one. I mean, that was that was uh, that uh, that not not to toot my own horn. That one was pretty incredible. Even I shocked myself. Who's who is the best hype man? Who's the best hype man you have in the NBA for for when you when you drop these dunks? Because there's always a teammate who who's gonna react and be on every reaction video after. Who's the best at it? Uh, I mean, D'Angelo was was pretty. He was pretty good. His reactions were pretty good whenever whenever uh, whenever I threw one down. Uh, Channing is pretty good this year, or since yeah, since I've been in Cleveland. Um. Lonzo's was was always really good as well. So I mean, it, there there's been some good ones, but I would say oh, D'Angelo was D'Angelo was probably the best. Now we were talking about favorite in game dunks, all time in game dunks. Aside from that one, what's your favorite in game dunk? My favorite in game dunk. Um, you know what? This is this is one that I'm I'm sure a lot of people aren't that will catch a lot of people off guard, but. So when Dwayne Wade was playing the Thunder, he drove, uh, took a dribble off the screen, took a dribble with his left, spun. I think he spun, spun dribble around Ibaka, and then went up two foot off a of, like on Kendrick Perkins. And to me, the sheer the athleticism of that play was almost unmatched. I mean, that you need to go back and look at that one because it was unbelievable. To come out of a spin and explode like that at like six four over a footer is is pretty it is pretty special. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. I have to ask you one more question about that dunk over Brook. Do you have a poster of that somewhere for yourself? No, I <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have a poster of that. But I've got a you know I've got a couple pictures of my on my phone of uh, uh I've I've got a couple pictures on my phone that'll always be there. So you got traded to the Cavs midseason last year. I think a lot of times, you know, people don't know how difficult it is to kind of just move to a new city in the middle of the season. Tell me about like the first 24, 48 hours from when you found out about the trade and when you got settled in Cleveland, what that was like. So it was, um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. You know, it was, uh, it was tough. Now, obviously I'm from, you know, I'm from Cleveland. So the, it, it made, it made the transition easier, but um but it's uh, it, it certainly wasn't easy by any stretch because it's when they when you get traded it's, um, you know they're pretty much yeah you're pretty much just told all right, move, pick up your stuff and move. You got to be there in three days, and so it's like, you know there's there's a lot. I mean there's a lot to be done, especially you know if you bought the house that you're currently living in or you have, especially with guys with kids. I feel bad for that. So it's it's uh, it's incredibly hectic, but. Um, you know, having my family here was 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 
easy. And it didn't help that the dunk contest was overlapped in all of that, too. Yeah, what about the pets, too, right? Because you have two dogs? I have two dogs, yeah. I mean, that that, that was... Uh, that was one of the easy. That that one wasn't too bad because we could just fly them. I, my my fiance at the time, uh, now wife, um, it, she was able to she was able to take care of the dog. Yeah. So you were born in Akron, went to school in Richfield. What was it like, you know, coming to the team that your dad played for, and you're walking, you know, in the hallway of Quicken Loans Arena. Your dad's photo is like on the wall. Yes. Um, it, it was pretty surreal. Like it's hard to. You know, it's still kind of hard to put it to words because it's like there's, there's never been done before, and I, it, you know, it'd be hard to it'd be hard to top a family situation like like what we've got going on right now. So, um, yeah, I just feel I just feel incredibly lucky to be, um, you know, to be in the situation that I am. I mean, we, yeah, you know, I get to wear my I get to wear my dad's jersey while it still hangs in the arena that i'm playing in you know that just that that doesn't happen it hasn't happened ever and I, who knows if it'll happen again so you know I, i'm just uh I, I just think of myself incredibly lucky that that i get to do so now so you were born in 93 so you weren't around for a lot of the heartbreaking cleveland sports moments in the 80s but do you no, have, i wasn't do you have one growing up personally that that might that's that sticks with you uh no i mean not really you know i i I wasn't, uh, you know, it's hard to say, it's hard to say that, because I, I was, see, I was, I was in the league when the Cavs were, you know, when, 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 you know, Bron, Kyrie, and, and K-Love were, you know, were, were playing for the Cavs, so I, I don't really have one for the Cavs, the Browns haven't, uh, they're just now coming out of their, <laughs> coming out of their little slump, I mean, when the Indians lost to the Cubs, that hurt. But yeah, other than that, I, I don't really, I don't really have one though. So, what was it like for you in 2016? You know, when you were already in the league and and you watch LeBron and the guys, you know, win a championship for Cleveland. Uh, now I wasn't <laughs> as much as as much as I as much as I you know as much as I, I would have liked to have been. I couldn't like be openly excited about another team winning an NBA championship. So I just tried to say like, oh, I'm so I'm I'm very happy for the city of Cleveland, you know, just because you know, they deserve that. But you know, I I mean, I was thrilled. You know, being a, you know, no matter if you if you're playing for a team or not, you always got a soft spot for your you know your childhood team, and you know that that was the Cavs. So you know, seeing them win and and seeing how how crazy the city went and and just um you know the legacy that those guys are going to have or, or still have here is is. You know, it was really cool, and and now that I'm, you know, now that, now that I'm a part of the team, I just I just want to do my 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 best to get us back there. Yeah, and just a couple more questions. I know you got to go. Um, you know, last year during the championship run, the run to the to the NBA Finals, you know, having played against LeBron, and now you get to play alongside him. You know, what's something that you know you saw from up close that you didn't know? Um, I didn't understand. For me, it's hard to understand that. You you always see you know these guys on TV and they look so charismatic and so um, you know so humble and and all that and you know guys have TV personas and personalities but um, you know to be on the same team as LeBron it it really it really showed that his isn't a persona 
you know, that's actually him. You know, he's he's one of the best teammates, you know, that 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 I've ever had, that anybody could have ever had. You know, he's he's you know, super competitive and just wants just wants us to play as hard as we can. And you know, whether shots fall or not, you know, it's all about you know competing and and and, and you know never giving up on a play and stuff like that. So I mean, he's he's uh, he's as as great of a player he is. I was more impressed with how, with how how great of a person he is. And what's it like? I mean, you guys had to fight hard against the Pacers and against the Celtics, not so much against the Raptors. But what's it like knowing that you have a guy like that on your team and and you know no matter the situation, like you have a chance to win against any team. There's not a lot of players that can bring that to the table. No, there's not. It was like the all I mean, like the ultimate the ultimate uh, security blanket. I mean, to know that, to know that, you know, I've got, I have the best player on the planet on my team. You know, it's like, man, our, our, you feel pretty good going into every single game, knowing that never, I mean, it's like, it's like playing against Brady in the playoffs. I, I wouldn't bet against him. Yeah. So what, it, what was the locker room like? Take me inside the locker room after that game one loss in the NBA finals? Um, I mean, it, it was obviously heartbreaking. You know, we, we, we had fought so hard and played so well. And, and I mean, Bron, Bron had 51. It was, it was a game that we deserved to win. We should have won. And, and, um, you know, and, and then life happened, you know, it's, it's, you know, thing, things, um, you know, it, it was really tough to it was really tough to you know wrap our heads around what had just happened because it was such a big stage and and we had such an incredible opportunity in front of us and and you know to think all right we've got now we've got you know hopefully you know now we've got another game in, in two days three days and we got to turn around and, and and flip the script and get hopefully hopefully go one one headed home and it just we just never really uh got our legs back underneath us after that one. So one more question about the playoff run. Did, did you keep all the suits that LeBron gave you? Like, is that just in the closet now? Uh, yes, I have, I have them all. And are we going to see them, them again? <laughs> uh, in bits and pieces. I don't know if I'll wear, I don't know if I'll wear the whole suit, um, whole suit like that in public again just because every everybody pretty much know where what it is and what it's from but will you see the pants possibly uh will you see the jacket possibly you know it's uh it's um (laughs) it's too nice of stuff to never wear again would you crop the pants like lebron did when he rolled into the finals uh that see i'm not i don't i don't have the i don't have the style for that Um, you know, last question for you, you know, some, you know, obviously there's a lot of talk, you know, about the Lakers and, you know, trade rumors and things like that. You know, you've, you've played in the environment with LeBron, the high pressure environment, you know, what's the advice you would give to some of the young guys over there in LA of, you know, just dealing with the distraction, the noise while focusing on just playing basketball? Um, it's just to keep your head down and keep working. You know, the media is, the media is 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 gonna do what they do, and and there's no point worried about it because you can't control it. So, um, you know, the only way to the only way to make sure you 
the only way to make sure you uh, you're doing your job is to to keep your head down and keep your nose you know keep your nose to the grind. You know, you just just you can't worry about uh, what people are saying or what the rumors, the speculation, because like I just said, you can't control it. So as much as you can, just focus on um, just focus on working on your craft, getting better. Perfect, Larry. Thanks for taking the time. Everyone should check out Athletes versus Crones and. I'll look for the suit and crop pants combo at some point this season from you. Oh, you have to. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. You got to. Have a great day. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it, appreciate it man. Thank okay. you, too.